Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek podcast. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who happen to have children on the autism spectrum. Join me, Elizabeth, and my co-host Vicki as each week we talk about Star Trek episodes, both new and old. Are you ready for the adventure? Come join us on Moms Going Boldly. And welcome back to Moms Going Boldly, where today we're talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 10, A Quality of Mercy. The following is an edited down version of our original podcast episode. Since it hasn't been all that long since we recorded this episode, we decided it was really unnecessary to re-record it just for the Pike timeline. So it's been edited down to include mostly our discussion about Pike and his timeline. We've also included clips from last week's episode, Through the Valley of Shadows, where we spoke about this episode specifically, knowing that we weren't going to re-record it. What'd you think of this episode? I liked how this episode kind of puts Pike's destiny to bed. Yeah. I think... And I could be wrong, but I think that this was a way for the writers to close out the storyline so we're not having to watch his knowing that he's going to eventually suffer this fate that we all know is coming. I think it's their way of allowing us to watch the series without this fate taking away from the series. I agree. I agree. I think it was a very clever way to just sort of remove the overarching angst. Right. So we won't be, I hope, always thinking about Pike's End. And I'm sure it'll come up once in a while, but when it does, it'll be like, oh, right, forgot that's going to happen instead of always having that hanging over our heads i think it will make it more enjoyable he's resigned to it now we're past it we don't have to think about it but i didn't like the fact that this was pretty much a replica of balance of terror and the changes in some of the crew like ortega and spock were there it seemed just to go along with the original series episode and for no other reason that was explained like why does captain pike avoiding his fate in an alternate timeline turn out ortega's into a more hostile version of Worf. And I know she's supposed to be Styles, but there's no indication as to why she's become this person. I I noted that too, and I just went ahead and chalked it up too. Maybe it was because Una was imprisoned. I did think of that like about five seconds. And maybe that's why everybody was a little more edgy because, you know, the relaxedness of having her as their first officer and having that family together, the family was ripped apart. Right. I agree. But there really wasn't an explanation as to what made her more edgy and hostile. And then Spock was more Vulcan-like, I thought, than he was in the regular timeline. I don't know. Yeah. And the other thing that I thought was a little bit of a discontinuity was in the prime timeline in the present of the prime timeline, Spock knows something's going on in the future for Captain Pike. So why didn't future Spock in the alternate timeline remember that there was something supposed to happen in the future and connect those dots a little sooner? Yeah, I don't know. But I actually really liked the episode. I thought it was a clever way to, again, dial in the original series and dial in canon and work within canon. I was okay with that. And I was actually really interested. How fascinating as a character to have to face the fact that you might not be good enough to handle a situation and somebody else might be better at it. They didn't really drive home that particular character lesson that much, but that was essentially the point. 
Yeah, so let's talk about this. So we have the Enterprise visiting one of the outposts on the neutral zone with the Romulans. And they're upgrading their defenses and upgrading this, that, and the other thing. And while they're meeting with the head of the outpost, the leader of the outpost, his son comes in and starts to ask Captain Pike a lot of questions about the Enterprise. And Captain Pike realizes that this man's son, whose name is Mott, Mott is going to be one of the two cadets who are killed in the accident in 10 years. Yeah. And he is really thrown by this, as anyone would be. You know, to see this charming, delightful, another child. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Charming, delightful little person talking so enthusiastically about their goals and their future. And he knows this this person doesn't have a future. And that was very disturbing for him. So he decides that he's going to write a letter to him and tell him about his future so that he can save his life. Because he just can't live with this knowledge and the knowledge that he could do something to change things. And as he's in the middle of this letter, he is visited by himself from the future, essentially saying, if you do this, you're going to screw everything up. And how do I know? Oh, the monks at Borath, uh, with my favorite line, they think there's no problem that can't be solved with a bat lift. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to like put that on my screensaver. (laughs) There's no problem that can't be solved with a bat lift. Oh, that's an awesome phrase. So he invites present Captain Pike to go into the future to see how bad things get because of this change that he's trying to put into place. And so Captain Pike touches the time stone, the time crystal. Now, I have a question. Did future Captain Pike bring that or was that something that Captain Pike always had? I thought future Captain Pike brought that, but okay. then it was still there at the end. So He looked like he picked it up off the coffee table. So I was confused Oh, I didn't even that. realize oh. that. Okay, maybe. Okay, so he touches this time crystal that may or may not have been there and goes forward in time to a time we find out as this episode goes on. That's like six months after the accident. And they're essentially redoing the Balance of Terror episode, except instead of Captain Kirk being in command of the Enterprise, it's Captain Pike. So it's kind of funny and yet kind of annoying. I I actually didn't really like this, where he is transported into the future at the exact moment of the wedding that we see at the beginning of Balance of Terror. Right. And to me, it felt like it was supposed to be comical. And it wasn't. It was poor planning on the monk's part or whoever is letting him go back in time. It seemed like they would give him some background. Even that, I thought it was just not good writing to put him there because the attempt at humor fell flat. This is a very serious episode. We're talking about trying to stop death and learning that the death has to happen to stop something even worse. I just don't see how it, it just didn't work as a humorous moment to have him stumble around awkwardly at the beginning of someone's wedding, the best day of their life. And they're looking at him like, what? It was just, it it just was awkward and uncomfortable. And it set the wrong tone, in my opinion. Right. If it was supposed to be funny, it surely wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, but fortunately, we didn't stay there. And nor did we go back to that at all for the rest of the episode. So I really appreciated that. So then we get to see this episode from the perspective of Captain Pike. And we get to meet Captain Kirk for the first time who shows up because he's the captain of the Farragut. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Doug Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Doug here from the 13th Warehouse. If you are a fan of Eureka, please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka at EurekaRewatch.com. 
If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, please join Kim and Vicky over at the 13th Warehouse at the13thwarehouse.com. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse. And we're back. I thought it was absolutely fascinating to see this episode from that perspective. And this episode from the perspective of someone who was working so hard to maintain the peace, as opposed to the original series episode of Balance of Terror, where Kirk was actually angry. Right. And he was like, we're going to go, we're going to go again. And much more re- reactive, you know, the cowboy diplomacy that Spock always called it mm-hmm. was what Kirk's strongest point was. That's why I was kind of thinking about, you know, that this episode should have been called The Balance of Error, because Pike's error was in not reacting. Yeah. His error was in trying to look for a peaceful solution, which seems like it should have been the right way. Exactly. But as we learn in this particular circumstance, it wasn't. It wasn't, no. So I thought it was fascinating. There's a, uh, an episode, I think it's first or second season, Next Generation. It's the one where they have to go play war games with each other and they put Riker on another ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene where Data and Troy are talking about what Riker's going to do. And Troy says it, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of conclude the conversation. He's going to have, he is going to always be the man who he is. And I saw that reflected in this episode. Pike mm-hmm. is always going to be the man he is, and that Romulan captain was always going to be the man he was, and Kirk was always going to be the man he was. Yeah. And that's just there are different roles that played out differently. And that was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So they have the same sort of steps that took place in balance of terror take place in this episode they're chasing after the romulan ship that's cloaked it's two ships instead of one this time the enterprise and the farragut and they think they've got the romulans trapped because they're going to go through a comet tail but instead they didn't they turned around and you know they figured out what was going on and they attacked the farragut and the farragut's destroyed and they have to rescue the farragut's crew so now kirk is on board with pike and they're having conversations and talking to each other about what to do next pike gets a hold of the romulan commander and offers a two-hour ceasefire to enable them to repair their ships rescue their people take care of their people etc etc and maybe talk about peace and come to a peaceful resolution which leads to a conflict aboard the romulan vessel with the first officer and the captain about what should be done and one's a little bit more warlike and one's less warlike one's much more seasoned with war and it's like i'm tired of war right and in that case I don't actually remember what, if anything, the first officer of the Romulan ship did that was in defiance of this captain. But in this case, he actually notified the Romulan fleet that they had the Federation ship at bay. So this time we've got the entire like Romulan fleet shows up nose to nose at the border of the neutral zone. And while they were like doing their two hour thing, Kirk said he was going to go do something he didn't say what but he asked to borrow a shuttlecraft and he comes back with a whole bunch of mining drones which look like ships he's essentially bluffing which is one of the things that kirk was always so great at and he's got all these mining drones pretending like they're part of their fleet but what happens instead and this is the other thing that i thought was really fascinating in the balance of terror the enterprise disables the romulan ship and is essentially going to capture them and that will be this terrible failure on their part. So they destroy their own ship. Right. In this case, when Pike's like, hey, you know, we're trying to talk about peace here. And we know that you guys attacked the outpost and the Praetor lady is like, how do you know this? We have video here. Let me show you. And she sh- he showed her the video and she was like, oh, well, 
<laughs> you're the weakest link <laughs> and blows up the Romulan ship with the captain who agreed to the ceasefire. So, right. you know, this guy was apparently destined to die all the time, which is an also a great sort of mirror to Pike's destiny. Right. And so then they started fighting and Kirk moved the drones in front of the Enterprise so the Enterprise could get away. And he gets the subtle craft landed, and they warp away. But now they're at war with the Romulans. Yep. And so, like, bad, bad, horrible, bad. But worse is that while they were in battle, you know, when they were being fired at by the Romulan fleet, Spock was trying to repair their weapons and was injured. The suggestion was that he was going to die from his injuries. Well, the suggestion was if he made it, he was going to be Pike. Oh, yes, of course. Why didn't I pick that up? Can't remember her exact words, but if he... he won't be the same as what she said. Yeah, but I mean, for looking at his injuries, you're, you're relating that to Pike's injuries. Yeah. And then later yeah. on, we hear that he dies. He takes his place every time. Yes, exactly. So it's like this outcome that Pike keeps trying and trying and trying to avoid this fate. And every time he does, Spock dies instead. Right. And that he can't die. This is what his old older self comes back after this after they're in retreat and the war has been declared and Spock is like dead or just about. Um, the older Pike comes back and says, Yep, this is this is how it goes. This is it's always awful. Pike sort of reconciles himself to the fact that, okay, my death has purpose. Right. It's not just to save the lives of these cadets, but it's also to save so much more, which is kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of, not everybody gets that kind of knowledge. And so that's kind of like a gift in a way to know that even your, your life has value, but then also your death has value too. From last week's episode, Through the Valley of Shadows. It does answer the question that we asked early in the Strange New World season. Pike was told that his fate would be sealed if he took the crystal. Yeah. And they do go the extra step in our next episode of our series, Quality of Mercy, which will be an edited down version of the original podcast episode since we recorded it not too long ago, which is why I'm bringing it up now. By first using Pike's compassion for the cadets to get him to consider trying to change his fate, and then depending on his commitment to duty and the good of the many to accept his fate so as not to change the timeline. Yeah, and and I actually did make note of that. And that's pretty much it. He goes back to present day and Spock comes in to see the captain and it's immediately after he just left after meeting Mott, the boy. And Spock comes in and and Pike's like, I'm so happy to see you. Spock's like, yeah, you really are, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) And Spock kind of figures out, he deduces that uh, there was something about the future involved when Pike saw Mott and that his happiness to see Spock meant something and that Spock sort of deduces that Pike saves his life. Pike saves his existence and so he expresses his gratitude which I thought also laid the groundwork for what happens in the menagerie. Yes. Because one of the things that was of interest in the menagerie was Spock's you know single-minded dedication to Captain Pike Mm -hmm. and how he was going to break Federation law by going back to Talos IV to yeah. take Captain Pike there. I mean, un- under penalty of death. Right. So that, I think, lays that groundwork very nicely right there. And then I agree with you. Then we can just go ahead and say, okay, this storyline, we don't have to have this hanging over everything now. We can go on and have some more adventures in the time that's left. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to watch it, you're always thinking that. You know, yeah. you're always thinking, is he going to try and get out of it? They bring it up so much. You know, Una keeps telling him that they could do something. And I think I'll enjoy it better 
not thinking about it and even almost forgetting about it because I can see that happening. If we don't hear about it, we can almost forget about it. Which is okay. Until it happens. And I think I'll enjoy it better just forgetting about it. Yeah. From last week's episode, Through the Valley of Shadows. It's really interesting because you mentioned earlier when we first started talking about this today that he tries to change his fate through compassion. Yes. For those, the, the cadets that die. And, and so he says, as he's processing the horror of what he's seen, he says, service, sacrifice, compassion, and love. And I loved how you raised that about his trying to change his fate for, out of compassion and then falling back on his service and sacrifice, those elements that are part of his being a Starfleet officer. Yeah, because like we said in this episode, he was told he was sealing his fate. And then as as we get to the end of Strange New Worlds, it's not literally sealing his fate. It's he's sealing his fate being the man that he is. Yes, yes, wonderfully put. And it's beautifully done. It really is. I thought it was interesting the last song that they played, which was an actual a country song where somebody was you know singing about making memories, and I thought that was kind of nice. That's where he is now. He's just gonna make the best of it. Right. All right. Well, we uh, look forward to the next time we talk about Star Trek, and we'll see you soon. Okay. See you soon. Bye bye. Bye. So join us next time for the fifth episode of our six-part series as we continue to follow Pike's timeline with the original series episode, The Menagerie, Part 1. We'll see you then. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter, at Ross Bugden. Licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org. You can listen to Moms Going Boldly on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. And we're now also available on Apple Podcasts. Transfer complete.